I'm ready. We're rolling? We're rolling. Rolling in the deep? Yeah. Yeah. Good reference. Yeah. We're accumulating we're accumulating these podcasts. Yeah, while well, we're building up a reservoir. This is good. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is episode number what do we say? Seven. Seven. I feel like I never know which one it is gonna be. <laughs> And today we have a special guest. Today we're going to be talking with two-time, soon-to-be three-time Olympian, Fernando Ruiz. Fernando has been doing Olympic weightlifting since he was 10 years old. He's now 29, so almost two decades. And it's just unbelievable. This guy is is the, the ultimate definition of a champion. So today we're going to talk about Olympic weightlifting. What are some of the things that are new with the sport? We're going to talk about powerlifting and the potential of powerlifting being in the Olympics. And we're going to also talk about the champion mindset in terms of what it takes to have the mindset to become an Olympian. Fernando takes us through his story of when he started doing Olympic weightlifting. What were his, who were his mentors? What are some of the biggest influences that he had growing up? And kind of how did he develop the skills that he needed to become an Olympic an Olympian and go to the Olympics and perform at the high level for so many years? Yeah, we're lucky to have him here. He's he's got a pretty unique perspective, being that he grew up in Brazil, uh, very different upbringing than probably a lot of the listeners uh, would have had. And uh, you know, now he can he he's here. He's living in the states. He's still competing for Brazil, and he's got a lot of really cool. Cool and, information to share. And he's training. He's training for the 2020 Olympics. Always training. Training Always. 365. A pretty different approach than a lot of uh, uh, current day weightlifters. Yeah. Super interesting. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as As I we will. enjoyed doing this podcast. Yes. All right. Cool. 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 So who do we have here today? <laughs> we you can't me. just see. You got to talk, bro. <laughs> it's yes. me, Fernando Reyes. In the Fernando house. Reyes in the house. Yeah. Three-time Olympian? Three, uh, two times. going to be three. Gonna be three. three. Yeah. yeah, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Thank, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for, for being here. So, Fernando is our, I think it's our latest addition to the hybrid team. He is our official hybrid weightlifting coach. And as well as local resident, the strongest person. That lives in Guy this gym. breaking our concrete <laughs> floors. <laughs> but yeah, for real, if you sign up for the hybrid weightlifting program, this guy's your coach. You get unlimited form checks and communication and technique help and all and whatever you could possibly want or ask about weightlifting. Fernando has you covered. So mm-hmm. might as well throw that plug in there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I have, so first of all, so many questions for Fernando and also just not about you, but also about weightlifting in general, because it's changed so much over the last couple of years with all the doping violations and bans and all that stuff. Yep. At risk of being starting too broad, do you think you can kind of give us like an overview of what Olympic weightlifting is like right now? You know, what, what's the, how, what's it like for you qualifying? What are some of, I know it's become like super complicated. So what are some of the hoops you've had to jump through and stuff just to, to stay up to date and, and eligible for the Olympics. So for me, actually, the new changes is becoming something nice because right now this spot is it, it belongs to the athlete, not for the country. You have two ways to qualify, like straight. And I was explaining to Alex, if you are in the, uh, ranked number ten in the world, you're already in. If you are number one in the continent, you're already in. So 
I fulfill these two, so I'm, I'm already at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I have to do six competitions before the Olympics, do the whole protocol, the weighing, put some numbers in the board, and do the, the doping control. So mm-hmm. six over what period of time? Uh, it's going to be in two years. Over two years. Yeah, six over two years. And you must do it in a, in every semester. You got to compete two or three times. And you got to go to the whole protocol, go to the competition. So now you see like lifters competing much more. Usually before, like if you're in a high level, you're going to compete two, three times a year tops mm-hmm. because you need a lot of time to prepare and a lot of time to recover from the meet. So how many meets did you have to do this year? So this year I just did the weighing and Pan Ams because I, I recently had the, the knee surgery. So it was the first semester. Can you explain how that works? So, yeah. so you don't so have to hit certain numbers no. or anything. It just show up there. Just show Not up Not compete there. to your highest level, but just, yeah. Because uh, last year, the World Championships in 2018, I placed number four. So it was the first competition of the, the Olympic cycle. So I placed number four. I put some good numbers, put some uh, Robbie points really high. So the next year I had Pan Am. So I just showed up because I recently had the knee surgery. I did the weigh-in and I was I was eligible to, to get drug tested at the event. And I didn't have to compete because I wasn't in shape to compete. So basically they just want you showing up so that they could drug test you. Exactly. But, but that's what happened with a couple top lifters. They bomb out in two, three competitions and then you out you out if mm. you if you miss two gold events which are the uh world championships pan ams and i think these two are the gold ones and then you have uh, silver and, and bronze so if you don't put numbers on those two times you already out there is no way you, you can qualify for it uh-huh. so that's what happened with the uh, iranian team a couple of the supers they miss a couple uh competitions for some reasons, I don't know if they were injured or something happened, so they weren't able to qualify, and the top lifter retired, so 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 they are out of the super heavy wow. division, which is good for me. Uh, who else is out? I think you were mentioning a few before that either. Yeah, right, right now we we don't know yet who is out, but for sure I- Iran is not going for sure. Uh, Armenia. They're probably going to take the 109 and not the super heavy because they have the Gore Mizrian. He's a pretty strong lifter. He's a 212 snatch and 250 cleaning jerk guy. At 109? Uh, super heavy. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. But they recently had another doping t- doping control on the doping fail in the team. So now they only can take one guy for the for the Olympics. And they most certainly, they're going to take like the 109 that is Olympic champion, world champion. Right. And they're not going to take somebody against Lasha because Lasha is going to most likely win for sure. So they they want to they wanna get the best result for the money. So they're going to take the 109. So that's even better for us. We have we have one more spot to go, you know. So, how, so you, you were saying that typically if you're in the top 10, then that guarantees your spot. But then since his country had pops and, and bands, so then that reduces the amount of spots for the country, yes. even if he's in the top 10. Yeah. That's because there are points towards the Olympics get eliminated. Is yeah. The points. And also there is like now the rules, the, the rules are not really clear. If you, if you get in the website and try to, to very read confusing. the, yeah, it's very confusing. So if you have more than three cases of doping, or I think it's four, the country's banned for the, the year. whole country. The whole country. Wow. For, for the year of the Olympics or that year of just competition? For the year of the competition. Okay. So, therefore, if they, they don't compete at the World Championships, they are out of the Olympics. Because they didn't get that qualified. Exactly. Right, right, exactly. Right. But you have a couple of countries that they have, like, even more, six, eight lifters that got banned. 
and they still are able to lift uh, the competitions, you know? So that's not very clear like how that happened. Exactly. How they were able to exactly. show up at that competition. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Money talks, huh? <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> it's crazy because from the outside looking in, I'm sure it looks like such a simple sport. Yeah. It's like it's like powerlifting. Like whoever lifts the most wins. But there's just so much politics and yeah. like much more so than powerlifting. Like, oh, way more. Yeah. Completely different level. Yeah. Completely different level. Because like on Olympic weightlifting, you got to understand most of the countries, even my country, we are funded by the, by the government. So Which it's is the, Brazil, by the way. I don't think we mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, Brazil. So most of the countries, we are funded by the government. So the, all the money comes from the government. So what the government wants to show, who is the strongest, who is the fastest, who is the, like, the biggest, who is the better athlete. Overall, you know, nowadays the Olympic Games is, is, is a show, is an event. So the country must show who is the best, who is the most developed economically, who is, what is, what is the best country. So usually you have China, you have US, and you have the other countries coming, coming up, Russia, and then the other countries coming, trying to get closer. That, Russia's uh, not going to be in there anymore. No, yeah, no, Russia's banned. Ban. Yeah, Russia's banned uh, for good, for two years. Uh, Egypt is banned also for two years. Now the the IWF they did a, a like a good change a good change. Now the ITA takes care of all the the doping controls, which is really good. It's not made by IWF anymore. It's like ITA is a separate organization. So apparently they they saw what happened in Egypt and they 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 banned the country. That for was two recent years. that Egypt got wow. banned, right? Yeah. And so when that happened, when that came out, Mohammed Eheb had retired. He yeah. had made posts saying he's done, he's retiring. Yeah. But then he kept posting him lifting. And then recently, I want to say in the last week or two, I saw him like hashtagging Tokyo 2020 yeah. and training for the for the Olympics. Yeah. But no one really knows how or what he's no. how, why he's saying he's competing when yeah. his like, country's banned. Yeah, like it's, another it's Ilya situation yeah. where he just got good lawyers and yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough situation for for him. It's going to be a tough situation because the whole country's banned. So I think he can lift under the 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 flag of the IOC. Mm-hmm. International Olympic Committee, but it's something that is not good. You know, it's, it's you're not like you're not representing your country, so it's it's not the ideal situation. And also, you go under like a lot of stress. You gotta get some good lawyers. You gotta go through a whole process. Your case is gonna go to Switzerland. It's gonna be a long, long process, and you you're never gonna know like what is the what is the income. You know, wow. so it's not good. Not good. It's not a good situation. But at least. On my point of view, they are trying to to clean this sport. They are trying to make it fair for everybody, yeah. and all those changes they're 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 super good. They're super beneficial. I see with good eyes, because you gotta remember the the, the Olympic weightlifting. We were almost banned for the Olympics, yeah. Yeah. such mm-hmm. as yeah. wrestling and other sports. You know, yeah. And can you imagine that that is being like what is the one of the oldest sports in the Olympic Games. You know, so if you lose that, the whole sport goes to nothing. You so. Know? Since they've implemented these changes, then do you think that that the that Olympic weightlifting will likely stay in the Olympics as a sport? Yeah, absolutely. Moving forward, absolutely, absolutely, because it's it's, it's so much traditional. You know, it's yeah. it's it's the oldest sport. It, 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 you gotta understand, like uh, us as like humans and our men's, like what is the, the 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 way to show who is the alpha male? Is either fighting somebody or either like showing strength. You know, like I can lift this. I don't know this rock above my head, mm-hmm. and this is is his own like us as human beings. You know, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. So, well, so do you think with that being said, though, since they're cranking down on things and it's kind of changing the, you know, how countries and athletes are strategizing it, 
are we going to see like a decline in performance, a decline in numbers? And it's like these freakish numbers, instead of the bar being set higher and higher, it actually might start coming back down back I down would say, like, uh, yeah, like the yeah. way that we look at Ilya you yeah. know like what he was a couple years ago he yeah. was everyone was like what is this guy doing he you know received the ban and now he's coming back and it's like oh he's just another guy <laughs> yeah you know yeah absolutely I agree with you 100% Alex I think he might have a trick or two up his sleeve though <laughs> you think you think going into Tokyo he's just gonna I don't go I don't think he's gonna be again? able to win I don't I don't think no, so no no, no how, how old is he now He's been doing it a long time. Uh, yeah? yeah, yeah. But but like on his division right now is super tough. Super tough. Then you have some strong guys from like 96 the the Olymp- uh, the Chinese, you have also the guy from Qatar. You have some strong lifters. Yeah. You won't be able because the way that he's lifting right now, you can see that he's super heavy. He's yeah, struggling. Yeah, he's, he's not going to all of a sudden yeah. add 20 25 kilos to a snatch. No, I don't believe yeah. in that. I I really don't. I really That's don't. such a shame. Yeah. I, I loved watching him lift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to have their day, you know, everyone, there's always going to be that person at the top and then someone new might arise, you know? Yeah. But like what we just said, who knows now, maybe it's like the new person who arrives is never going to reach that level because now, you know, they're yeah, cracking but, down on things so much. But there's so many people, I think, still skating by, like, has China been affected? Like, are their top lifters are still <laughs> not really. pretty much their top lifters? Yeah, not really. Same with, uh, like, Lasha. Not really, yeah. You know, and didn't Lasha test positive before also? He I, yeah, he did. I think it was in 2013 when he was a junior world champion. And then he got banned for two years and got, got back uh, 2015 world championships. And, like, really strong. Like, he, he right now. But Lasha, I can understand a little bit because the guy is, like, he's a different human being. He's humane. Yeah. He weighs 172 kilos. Wow. The, like, the barbell looks like a toy in his hand, yeah, you know? he's a big I know. I saw guy. videos of him in the training hall at one of the international meets. They had a basketball net, and he was just holding it to stretch. Yeah. That's yeah. how tall he was. Yeah, he's just yeah. stretching on the basketball net. I'm curious if you might know, like, for example, <laughs> Lasha, he received that ban in 2013. In that period of 2013 to 2015, He's obviously still training, but he can't compete. Is he still in like a testing pool? Are they still watching him? Are they still keeping an eye on him? Yeah. Or is he like, all right, I'm banned now. Whatever the <laughs> fuck I want till I come back, baby. You know, because he came back yeah. and he came back even crazier yeah. than he was before. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's just like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. He, he, I mean, it's, it's if anyone who knows anything, it's like, so you're taking stuff before you test positive. But now you're stronger right. than you were. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you put, well, you you can put, put two, two and two together. together. Yeah, it's basic math. It's not friggin' you know algebra. And just the numbers. He, what, That's the most difficult got... thing he thought about. <laughs> <laughs> algebra. And when, when he got banned, he he went. He did uh, 185 and 225, and he got back two years after doing 205 and 245. Yeah. Crazy. So uh, twenty kilos on on each lift, you know. But so so during that period, he goes back to Georgia. Is it up to Georgia's doping control board to test them? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's so it doesn't become do on a world want. level anymore. No. It comes on their country's yeah, yeah, level. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. so those are those are little things that it's difficult. It's yeah. like you know, especially when the country is the one funding the athletes exactly, and right. has the vested interest in their success. It, absolutely. And and how many Olympic gold medalists you have in Georgia? Not many. Right. You have a, like such a good, like a couple good wrestlers, and then you have Lasha. So all the money goes 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 to him for sure. You know, wow. and you have like because you you can see whenever he w- walks in at the competition, you have a big crew with him: doctor, massage, like massage guy. You have uh, 
couple coaches. You have guys like to lift the weight. So Groupies. he's got yeah, he's got oh, the, <laughs> he's got to be crew. He's That's be crew. having plate minions. <laughs> they Did did that for us at, at Pro Raw. Kind of. No, they were there the whole time. No, they weren't. They but missed okay. some of you, maybe. Yeah. Well, well yeah. you always have me there, you know? Yeah, we're your plate <laughs> minions. But, so uh, how about like <clears throat> the people who, or the teams or the countries that are not getting popped? Do you believe that, there is there such thing as a clean sport truly? Do you I, believe I, that these people are I actually be, not tra not taking anything? I, like, to be honest, I don't even like bother with this picture. Yeah. I just focus on myself as, as hard as I can be, like I train as hard as I can do. Because if you start looking the whole picture, you're going to start focusing on other lifters and you're not going to do your part. You know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, if you're a team manager, if you are like, a, uh, like if you work with that, you can focus on that. But the athlete, you got to be 100% focused on yours every day, every single day, every single day, because you have two type of two types of lifters. And I've seen that my, my entire life. Those who blame the others because they are not capable of doing, they said, oh, they are doing that. I, sorry for the language. I don't give a fuck what they're doing. Like, no fucks giving at all. You know, I'm going to do my best regardless of what other people are doing. And I'm going to fight fucking to the end, you know. And I, I've seen, like, fucking, like, millions of lifters. They, ah, because they are doing that and that. Well, what about you? What what you're doing? You, you're putting the work in. You're mm -hmm. doing your part. You know, so... If you really like stop and only think about that, I think you 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 lost the point. You gotta fight to the fucking end. I don't give a fuck what they're doing. Like to be honest, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't even like think about it when I'm going to compete. Mm -hmm. I because if you as an athlete like you stop to think about that, you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy the competition. You know, mm -hmm. I always when I go to compete, it's, it's such like a joy. Mm -hmm. everything that I suffer every day all the pain that I fucking feel for the competition like I feel like amazing I feel like fucking that's my fucking day and and I've seen a couple lifters like talking and say oh I'd rather be at the beach I'd rather be traveling I'd rather be with my wife and there is no other fucking place on earth that I would rather be than competing you know so I've, and it's not not that I'm fucking like a tough guy I feel terrified when I'm going to compete I fucking for days, I like I have like something on my stomach. I don't feel good. And as the meat's getting closer, this this feeling started like growing and growing and growing. And I start like feeling more powerful. I start feeling good. So when whenever I start competing, fuck, I feel amazing. That's that's the way it is. So if you're gonna see the other athletes. <laughs> There's two ways to see it, the positive way and the negative way. I always go to the positive, you know, mm -hmm. like I, 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 I'm, you're not going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to see me myself like crying. Oh, he's doing that on that. That's why like he's lifting more than me. You know, even like fucking one, I always want to compete with Lasha. For me, it's always a joy to watch the guy lift. I always want to finish the competition because he's always the, the last one. I always go to him and fucking hug him. Hey, great job. You know, like. Whatever, like I'm, I'm not there every day with the guy. I don't know what, what he's doing. You know, it's not, it's not my fucking business. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let Let's talk a little bit about uh, like mindset, because that that's something that interests me. I think since the first day that I met you, I've been asking you questions about like just what goes through your mind. Well, that's because we saw how tough he was when we went to the bathhouse, and he's forcing <laughs> us all in the ice water. <laughs> sit down, bro. Sit down, bro. Come on, you can do it. You can do it, bro. Come on, sit down. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously. So how? How how old were you when you started lifting? I started lifting when I was 10. 10, 10 and you're old. 27 now? Yeah, I'm 29. 29? I'm gonna, I'm 30 is going to be uh, March 10th. Okay. So I've been lifting almost for 20 years. Yeah, two wow. decades. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, in two Olympics, this is going to be your third. Mm 
that's crazy because every Olympic uh, period, like it's four years that you train yeah. for it. So imagine just the amount of time that you have to stay focused for each one. Four years focused on one goal, just one dream. And every day, everything that you do needs to be with the purpose of imp just improving yourself and trying to enhance your performance in however you can day in and day out. What you eat, how you sleep, who you interact with, everything. But just you know, I, what else I think is cool, though, is that you're always hustling. You know, there's a lot of people who like to say, oh, you know, if you're a professional weightlifter, like you basically do that. You eat, you sleep and you breathe the gym and you're in the gym and you're back home to sleep and you know so on but like you literally how long did you just spend doing seminars every single weekend two months and a half two months now yeah. it's and that's in between competitions for you which yeah. is yeah. absolutely insane yeah so i don't know if anyone has ever traveled and tried who's listening has ever traveled and tried to to lift at a high level but man it is really tough yeah to most of the weightlifters that you see doing those seminars are retired now yeah you know it's like you you're, yeah. you're a yeah. year out from the olympics you mm -hmm. see people or spend those two, three, four years only focusing on that. It's yeah. it's nice and different to see that you're able to do both. Yeah, yeah. But but and and also because before I I used, I I didn't do that. I was just like doing what Stephanie Steffi said, and you're not you're not like uh, at least myself. I wasn't fulfilling every every single gap, you know. Because it is nice to win the medal. It is it is nice to win the competition. But fucking nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. You know, you gotta you gotta be successful yeah. as a person, as a human being. You know, you gotta, you gotta be a champion in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really matters to me is to win in life. You know, like the medal is, of course, is it is nice for me. Getting a for my 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 goal right now is to get a Olympic medal, and that's for me. You know, it's not for anybody else. And and I I don't expect any anything from that. You know, is that's for me. You know, is and. But there is something after that. And if you don't do it, most of the lifters, you have much like a lot of a lot of lifters, they are more successful than I am in competitions. But they haven't done, uh, they haven't went to college. I went to American college. I, so I traveled from Brazil, spent four years in college, like training pretty much by myself and studying, doing other things and trying to improve as a, as a person, you know. And I always had the support of my family. Fuck, you got to do it. No matter what, you got to do it. Nobody cares about your feelings. Nobody cares about anything. You got to do it no matter what. A lot of those people, they're training, 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 only doing that. And then what happens when they get injured or they retire, their country's not going to keep paying them. Their country doesn't care anymore. Then they have... They have nothing, right? Exactly. So it's like you're, you're laying that foundation exactly, so you Alex. have something after. You yeah. are absolutely right, man. You're absolutely yeah. right. You, you are worthless. You are worthless. Uh, as an athlete, uh, as a human being, bro, nobody cares about your feelings. So once you're out, you're out. Yeah. You're not able to compete. For example, myself, like I did the surgery. I had six months to, to qualify for the Olympics. So I had Pan Am Games and I had this window and I asked the doctor, Is it, am I, am I going to be able to lift? He was like, listen, Fernando, like it takes a long time to rehab it, but if somebody can do it, it's going to be you. So I said, fuck, let's do it right now. Let's do it. So that was on Wednesday. And Thursday, we were uh, doing the surgery. And on Friday, I was doing my first uh, rehab, rehab uh, session. Motherfucker. Yeah, so nonstop, like Sunday to Sunday, Sunday to yeah. Sunday. And, and if I would not be able to compete at Pan Am Games, we're not going to be right now sitting and talking about the Olympic Games. That's Simple as that. Insane. And I will lose all my sponsorship. I will lose all, because that's, that's the way it is. If you yeah. don't perform, 
you don't get paid. Of course. Simple as that. And, and some people don't, they don't understand. They said, "Oh, I'm a human being. I have values." I have. no. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't do it, man, get off. Somebody else is gonna right. do it for you. You know. So that's that's the way it is. That's how old were you? How old were you when you first thought or had the dream of becoming an Olympian? Do you remember? Was there like a point in time? Like. Since that they started, that's a, that's a pretty good question, Steffi. I would always watch the super heavy division. I had I had a div, uh, di, uh, a old tape that was the 1988 in the, the Olympic Games, and it was the super heavy. So I would watch that a lot of times. And it was Alexander Kurlovich, who was a guy from Germany lifting such heavy weights, and I was 10 years old. I weighed like 60 kilos. <laughs> And I always like saw those guys. I said, "Fuck, I want to do that," you know. And I had my family support. My my brother was an athlete back in the day. Uh, for those who don't know, Crazy Rasu is my other brother. Now he works with me as a coach. <laughs> then he suffered a motorcycle accident, broke his femur, and then he became my coach. So we started working together. And but that was like one time in my career when it was 19 to turn to 20. That I told my dad, I was like, you know what, like, forget about it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do something else. You know, I'm not gonna do that anymore, because I've been training real, really hard, and I'm not improving. And we set a goal together. Said, fuck, we gotta be a junior world medalist. Okay, be between the three best in the world, and I'm, I'm happy with that, so we can move forward. So my dad took me and said, so what is the plan? What are you gonna do? And I was like, if I don't reach this goal, I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna do something else. I don't know. I'm gonna sell cars. I'm gonna we're gonna rob a bank. I don't know. We're gonna do something <laughs> else. And and he took me to Chile, and I went to train with the Pan American champion Christian Scalanti. Back at the day, he was the strongest guy in America. So I spent six months with him doing every single thing that he would do it I would do it the same exactly same. and he taught me a lot like uh, the mentality and how to be a champion and I improved a lot and I was able to get this medal so that that was the the division point and I said okay so I'm gonna keep in this sport and what I'm was gonna... one of the lessons like of like developing your mindset <sighs> towards becoming a champion I think it's uh, the, the work has to be done the work has to be done no matter what no matter if you're sad no matter if you fought with hating and if you're feeling sick and there is a part of the work that needs to be done and no matter anything you gotta you gotta do it you gotta do it it is what it is and you gotta do it suck it up and do it now uh, at this point of my career i know how to balance a little bit better and i've learned with you guys as well i learned with you especially on the on the auxiliary exercises that i don't have to go super high super heavy super hard i can go like and, and work like uh, a good quality of exercise and instead of putting a lot of weight mm -hmm. and now i can i can balance that and and have like a better outcome for mm -hmm. sure yeah it comes with like the athletic maturity right like being able to understand when it would be a better idea to maybe take it easy and or do something different right But yeah, I had I had the same mentality growing up in sports, just like I have to do what I have to do. What's written in the paper is exactly what I'm going to do independently of how my body feels or how my mind feels or the issues I had at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was always the same way. Yeah. With hockey and with, with you, training too. You kind of just like, you don't give yourself the option of not doing it. It's something I, I always spoke about when I coached people in nutrition or in training. It's like, if you don't have the option of not doing it, then the decision is simple. You just have to do yeah. it, right? It's just a non-negotiable. It's, it's like brushing your it's teeth. It's non-negotiable. It's work ethic also at the exactly. end of the day. And it's like if, it, if it's your actual job to do it, you know, and you want it like that on that level, you know, you have to get it done. Uh, it, it just shows, it shows in both aspects, whether it's 
in an athletic or, you know, lifting and you think you want to do it on this level or, or working, you know, it's like either you put everything into what you do or you put a half-ass effort and it's going to show. Uh, 100%. Right? 100%. How about, how do you deal with failures? Like say that you bomb out. Have you ever bombed out? Never. Never, never bombed out. Never. Never in my life. Does it scare you? Yes. Does it scare you? Of course. Do you think about it? Oh, a lot. Of course. Uh, like, uh, like literally on every single competition, I get terrified. There, doesn't matter like how big is the event. Of course, if it's like a bigger event, I get even more. You know, I get scared. You know, I, I don't talk to people like a lot before the meet. I, I, I reserve myself. Uh... I don't do like anything like like crazy. I just like take my time, but I never bomb out in my life. I had one event when I hurt my knee, 2014, that was right after graduation in college. So I was studying a lot. I had finals. I had a lot of a lot of things on, on my shoulder. So I didn't train well and properly. And I went to Pan Am's and I, I, I won this snatch with 187. And I was when I was warming up with 250 kilos cleaning jerk, my knee popped. And I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I can walk. So I said, let's start with 220. And I couldn't like lift the bar from the floor. And it was like such like, such like was so painful. And I said, oh, something is wrong. So that was the, the only time that I, I didn't bomb, bomb out, but I wasn't able to do the cleaning jerk. That was oh, okay. the only time in my life. Wow. That, that's, uh, that's one thing that makes weightlifting so different from powerlifting. I feel going into a powerlifting meet, like if you miss your opener, you're kind of you're kind of an idiot like yeah. you just chose something that's way too heavy but in weightlifting you can be prepared in every single way and it, that first snatch is always still it just feels like such a gamble yeah like it's such <laughs> yeah. a risk every yeah. time you know and it's it's the most nerve-wracking oh thing gosh, do you remember yeah. that yeah I, I, you walk, every single you snatch i ever did in competition I, if my first one if i made it i put it down as a like, fuck thing. it's like thank, thank god yeah now we can like now we can worry about like actually whatever competing, like you know whatever higher higher force to help yeah. me do that snatch because it's like 100 yeah. percent up for to real fate. you're not even religious but you're praying yeah for real yeah that's Scary. that's how it is on every single competition of me that's how it is <laughs> <laughs> and even if it's like a lower percentages uh, it for, makes it worse almost it, it's like yeah. I'm, for, more pressure. right now I don't have to like I have to put 100% in every single lift mm -hmm. you know before when I was younger I could like manage the position and said oh I'm gonna do like I'm gonna control a little bit now it's 100% no matter no matter how how, how much weight is the, in the bar I gotta start with 100% not 100% my, my maximum mm -hmm. but 100% effort yeah that's, yeah. Uh, that's for sure Okay, so you haven't bombed out of a meet, but have you maybe like lost a competition or something like that? Or, I mean, I guess setbacks, like you had the injury. How yeah. do you deal no, with no, a setback listen, or a failure? 2007, Pan Am Games, Rio de Janeiro was my first Pan Am Games. I placed last, was in the last, last of the division. Last. It, my name is over there. Just got Google right now. In 2007, <laughs> I was last place in the competition, 94 division. And, and I, was, I was young. And I was 17 for a high level event like that. I knew that that was, was a open. horrible that day. Junior Pan Ams, that was an open. No, Pan Ams? That, yeah, that was that was senior Pan Ams. Wow, Pan okay. Am Games, yes. yeah. 2007, Rio de Janeiro, and I was crying like like a baby, like for sure. It was, <laughs> was I was crying like like dead last <laughs> out, of, out, of, out of roughly how many competitors? Uh, uh, 25. Oh, damn, yeah. you suck. It was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I snatched 140 and I cleaned jerk 165. Yeah. Four years after. I won the Pan Am Games and I broke all the records. 
Okay. Because I, wow. I, I, I knew that I was 17, that I was pretty young. And I moved to Super, to super in four years. Oh, wow. And it was a big, big, like a good change yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. How long but, did you cry for? Fuck, I cry a lot. Like, a, like Days? Like, not days, but the entire day. Like, at, at people the venue? Come to, yeah, yeah, I stretch Whoa, about. People come to talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, enough, 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 you're an emotional bro, guy, enough, bro. That's why, that's why we get along. Enough, We're emo boys. Enough, <laughs> you know? So, and it, was, and it was a big frustration, of course, when you played last. And mm-hmm. it was like, and we had the TV there because it was in Brazil, it was in Rio. And last family and yeah. stuff. And yeah. my coach was trying to explain to everybody, no, wait, he's he's a promise. He's gonna be like were fantastic. You, and people was like, No, nah, were you expecting a higher performance or higher numbers at that competition? Or that was your best and it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did one 140, 165. And that 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 what I had I had in the tank. I didn't have more. Yeah. You know? I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't strong enough. Sure. And I remember going to that that meet that that I told my training partner I'm gonna do uh, 170 kilos clean and jerk. He said, Fernando, you don't even fucking front squat 170 kilos. <laughs> and I, oh, fuck, you're right, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. So I wasn't strong enough. That's that's the way it is, you know. Right. So what was that? What was the plan moving forward? So you you were faced with defeat, with failure, and like, how did you find motivation? from that or what was the plan moving forward like how were you able to have a vision for what you were able to accomplish i was i was back at the gym the next day i was fucking uh, and i always like that it doesn't matter the the even the olympics i competed in rio i placed fifth the next day i was back at the gym i never stopped training never 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 i always like I always is an endless cycle what when i stopped training was because of the knee surgery so for me even that i was like sad and i was upset I was still like going. I was still going and keep because it's too easy to and I tell that to my students and and a lot of people that I know. It is easy to perform like one week, two weeks. Whenever you're feeling good, you I'm feeling amazing. I'm so strong. Mm-hmm. So you come to the gym and perform really well. What is fucking hard is to perform 365 days of the year, the entire year. And you don't have to perform like 100. Just like be there, bam, 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 bam. Really consistent. Consistency is is the key, you know. Is I don't want to sound cliche, but mm-hmm. that's what it is. I was back at the gym the other day, even fucking that I was crying, that I was sad. I was there. I was there. You Do you know? think that's something that you can like that you can teach? Is it something people can learn how to do, how to be? Or is it something you're born with? Or is it something you're born with? I think I think I think you can teach for sure. It's the environment. My dad taught me this way. And fuck, that's an amazing fucking question because now I remember when I started training, I was ten. And we had a group of teenagers, okay? And it was like 10 to 12 teenagers, and I was the youngest. And one day when I was, I think, 12, 13, I missed practice. I didn't go to train. My mom was always super cool. And I was tired. I came, I came from school, and I said, I'm exhausted. I'm not going to go train. So I went to college and took a nap. My dad called the sports club, said, hey, where's Fernando? Oh, he's in here. Called my, my mom. Where is Fernando? It's, my mom said, oh, he just left. He's at the club training. He said, fuck, you're lying. So <laughs> She tried to cover for you? Yeah, she, my mom was always super, super chill. <laughs> and so he took his car, left his job in the middle of the day, drove home. Sao Paulo's traffic is unbelievable. If, you, you guys haven't been there, but mm-hmm, next year you guys going to go for sure. It's, the traffic is horrible. He beat me up like bad. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> took me by the ear. He had a pretty good technique that was 
grab by the ear, but he would like turn and then lift. (laughs) That was his move. That was his move. He took me to the sports club. All the kids were training. And he told everybody, listen, everybody stop, stop everybody. My dad, my dad is, a, is a small guy, but he was big at, the t- big at the time. Everybody stop what they're doing. Why are you guys were training and working? This lazy motherfucker was like sleeping. And I was like such a shame. It was like for me, I was like. How old are you? 10? I was 12, 12, 13. And I was like, <laughs> crying because he's just, he just beat me up. <laughs> and, and after that. I never miss a practice. Never, never. Well, here's the thing. So, what's Steffi's <laughs> questions? You know, can you, can you be taught? But you were you were taught while growing like that. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like you could take a grown person. You know, they're tw- nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and they want to try to take things to the next level. If they didn't learn that while they were developing, I don't think that they're just gonna I all of a sudden you. learn to implement that. No, into no, their there's life. no way. There's I think no it's way. like most things. The older you get, the more the difficult it is, is to change, change habits, habits and behaviors. Habits. Exactly. No, but it's no, not yeah, impossible. I, I it's not impossible because, look, I was 21 when I first started doing Olympic weightlifting. And I started training with Camilo Garcia. Yeah. And obviously, like, he didn't, he didn't hold me accountable to that extent because he didn't live in my house. But he was pretty on it. Like, every day, every morning at 6 a.m., he would send me my training program. And if I didn't reply by like 6.30, he was calling my phone yeah. to see if I got the program and to see if I got my ass to the gym. Yeah. And if he didn't get a reply at 9, he said, you missed your practice or like you didn't train. Where's yeah. Where are the videos? The, yeah. How did the squat feel? He would say something to kind of like make me feel bad about either not doing it or not sending him a video or not checking in, you know? And he was, that was every day, yeah. seven days a week. But you yeah. also had a work ethic from your previous sports experiences, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely did. But the work ethic you need for weightlifting is unlike anything that you need to do for any other sport. Like when you're playing hockey, when you're playing soccer, like the word play is before the, before yeah, the yeah, name. you don't play weightlifting. You're playing soccer you're playing football you're hanging out with your friends like sure it's hard work and there's practices that you don't know that or team practices that you don't want to go to but for the majority it's a social sport it's play you get to it's very uh, varied and diverse and in, in what you have to also, do also your, your performance if you have an off game you have the rest of the team, team that can, you have some can yeah. mask yeah. it you know and make in up weightlifting, for it look weightlifting is not a, it's not yeah. a game and, and that's just a short story about that. When, when I was in college, about play. And, and I was with this, uh, my a friend of mine, he's from Uzbekistan. So fuck, like really small country, old USSR. And one of the girls asked us, uh, well, what sports do you play? She's American, like. And, and I was fucking, I understand the question. I said, oh, we do Olympic lifting. And uh, my friend Mohammed, his name is Mohammed. He's like, we don't play sports. Exactly. We lift weights, Olympic weightlifting, but really <laughs> fucking serious. And I was like, dude, I fucking just. You know what she was trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was just, hey, let's, you know. And but we it's trying true. to be smooth, yeah, huh? Exactly, exactly. But dude, it's true. Like, yeah. that's the mindset you gotta have. In weightlifting, you're not playing shit. Yeah. You're there to lift the weight. Either you lift or you don't lift it. There's no room for anything else. So yeah, that's and that what I mean. thing's going like, over your head. Huh? You drop that on your head. You have to be in the zone. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> yeah. So that's what I mean. I had the work ethic to go play sports for sure and have, you know, have a good run and whatever. But I didn't, I, I, at the beginning, I didn't have what it took. Like I, I left the gym most days crying, yeah. right? If you can't do it, you're like, I can't fucking do it. And like you leave upset <laughs> that, when you're, you, when you're still learning. Well. My coach used many to times. always say, 
that that weightlifting is not for girls. He was so politically incorrect. <laughs> but he, he would always be like, it is not a good sport. But I know they what he's saying. Cry. Because emotions. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not because of the physicality of it. Yeah. He said it because There's of the emotions. Yeah. And yeah. it's yeah. true. Yeah, like, yeah you, but the guys want to cry too, you know. No, I know, but, but, but girls, <laughs> girls have a hard... as much estrogen, bro. But, but I'm going to tell you what. In the recreational level, girls are much tougher than the boys. Like, my experience. In what, in what way? Like in a way that they can they can support more pain. They are like they they focus more. Whenever they said like I want to do this, mm-hmm. so they focus more. Like and boys are a little. They bit listen like, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, sure. guys, kind of like even if they come to you to learn, I feel a lot of the times they still think that they know best. Yeah, you'll tell them to do something and they just won't do it. You know, some sort of technique technique cue or and, whatever. And, and I always have like a hard time, but whatever you're saying like makes completely sense because. Uh, You'd correct somebody like a technique or like strength, and the guy said, "Well, but I'm 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 really good on that. Like I'm really strong. I squat. Mm-hmm. Really. I'm not talking about that, man. I'm talking about you know this situation, and they only see like the good ones. Want to flex? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 I'm really good on that. I'm sure. really strong. Yeah, fuck. It's true. Girls are more teachable, in general. That's true. What are you looking up? Nothing. I was replying to it on Instagram. <laughs> are you crazy? So, rude. <laughs> so wow. what? What are your overall goals? Have you Have you set goals? Spoke goals into existence? What you want to do for uh, the Olympics? Every day, I fucking wake up and open my eyes to thinking about that. Really? Two hundred five, two forty eight, and I know that is a medal, brother. Oh, I yeah. know that. You, what you, are your you competition just hit a He just hit a training PR, right? I did a one ninety and two twenty. Yeah, that gave me goosebumps. Isn't like isn't like uh isn't uh, like uh. The hard, uh, the heaviest that I've lifted, but the heaviest that I've lifted in training after the surgery. The surgery, yeah. so one hundred ninety kilo. Yeah, and snatch. Two, yeah, and two twenty clean jerk, and I tried to two forty, but I wasn't there mentally. But next time I'm gonna get it for sure. But strength wise, I was there. I yes. saw the video. Yeah, I saw yes. it too. Yeah, yeah, it was there. It was right yeah. there. Damn, those and, are some uh, crazy that's numbers. that's the thing. Now I'm starting to feel uh, feel lighter. That's that's where I can connect the technique and start p- putting some. And the the number's gonna go up. I'm a hundred percent positive. 100% that's something positive. that what what you just asked. That's something that kind of really impressed me from the first time that I ever met Fernando was that you like radiate this just energy of being so focused and driven that it's contagious. It really is. I love mm-hmm. training alongside you because you can see you're you're all business. You walk in through the door. You put your stuff down immediately. You start warming up. You're nice and kind and friendly to everyone. You know, you acknowledge the presence of everyone else. But you can tell that you're there. You have a mission. You have a goal. And it's so obvious and so evident from the second you step in the gym to the second you're out of the gym. You're, he's here every mm-hmm. day in the morning at the same time, even though no one's right. You can train at whatever time you want. Yeah. But at 10 a.m., you're stepping through that door. Yeah. At noon, you're stepping out that door. At four, you're back in. And yeah. at seven or six, 30, whatever, you're back out. And that's every day. So every day. consistent. So with the time, with the food, with the training, just everything is so on point. Every day. And, it's unbelievable. And, and one thing that I loved about hybrid here that I was talking to my brother today, it's because uh, mentally we, we can be affected by the weather. Okay. So if it's sunny, oh, it's a beautiful day. If it's cloudy, oh, it's a... here. You close in a box, and you ha- we have the control of the environment. So 360 days a, a year, it's perfect. It's for me, it's perfect. Like it's this p- type of gym where yeah. you can't see yeah. outside. Yeah, it's for me, it's perfect because yeah. we're not affected by the weather. 
whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The temperature is always going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, the music's always going to be the same. Yeah. People around always going to be the same. Yeah. So we're not. You were affected when you, when you wake up and you were driving here, but once you're at the gym, business yeah. are on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the gym that you trained at before had the huge bay doors yeah. open. Oh, that was so it hot. rained. It was yeah. hot. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've, it yeah. was so hot in yeah. there. And it was. It's like some a couple of days are beautiful. I said, oh, it's a beautiful day. But when it's raining, you you can really get affected, yeah. like mentally, you know. For, For sure. sure. Yeah. So here, that's and what I, mean, I love. Weather environmentals, like having to feel the humidity, all that, and that's not typically going to be unless, like, I, I know Pan Am's, like a year or two ago, was like super hot, humid, Oof. like yeah. unair conditioned. But for oh, the most yeah. part, when you go to an Olympic place, it's going to be in a nice temperature controlled exactly. environment. So exactly. It's ideal to train in exactly. that in those circumstances. Yeah, and also like what 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 you're saying, like we're never going to have like a perfect environment of competition because I, I see people like asking like, Oh, I want that. Or, uh, the temperature is too high or it's too sure. low. Yeah. Bro. Doesn't fucking, doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't because whoever's going to win is going to adapt to the situation is going to keep moving sure. forward. Exactly. You know, that's, that's the best outlet. That's the best. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm not a great like businessman or I think that, in general life, you got to adapt to the situation and Absolutely. keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. That's yeah, you only worry about the things that you about, can control. I always say that too about um, lifters who are so overly fixated on what equipment they're lifting on. Oh, yeah. They need the... It's not an Aleco bar. How ah. am I going to lift? <laughs> right. Especially yeah. in powerlifting. It's, there's much more... Or I mean, I'm sure there's both no, ways. No, I, I think weightlifting. Yeah, weightlifting. Yeah. People oh, are particular about yeah. the bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, weightlifting. I, oh, I think it's three years it. old. Oh, you haven't oiled this bar in a month. Oh. Yeah, has this been stored horizontally? Yeah. <laughs> <Is> it, <laughs> oh, you're using this bar to to squat. The knurling's probably already worn out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, people are very particular. But you're right. You have to be able to adapt because you don't know what the conditions of each meet are gonna be. Maybe no. they have illegal bars. Maybe they don't. No, I don't know. Of course. You for, know. For example, right now we we compete in Thailand. The whole team got banned by doping, so nobody was there. So there was for what no, team was that? The whole team for th Thailand. Oh, okay, right, 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 right. So yeah. we had no public. Man, you competed the world championships. There was, was no like one there. Twenty-five people. Wow. I swear to God. I swear. And a couple, well, a couple competitions that you go. Uh, if you go to Kazakhstan, if you go to Russia, you have like thousands and thousands of people. So that that can affect also you. You of know, course. like you're expecting like a lot of noise to and put it was on a show. Right. Nobody. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, exactly. Buzz you want kill. the hype. You're like you're exactly. on the big stage. Exactly. You want all That's the crowd. That's what you live what, for. What, what, yeah. what world yeah. was it? People. Like uh, I think like two years ago or something that they were like booing someone. There was here in US. There was yeah, there a raining crowd. They always go like booing with a big uh, Lasha group, like, was it or someone? Yeah, with Lasha. That's crazy. Myself, uh, also Mark Sane, because the raining crowd always like they always like like they're so disrespectful that happened in the olympic games as well they had to to, to call the police really to escort them out because wow. they were being so disrespectful to other lifters you know when whenever you're trying to perform like 240 245 kilos yeah, you have to be mentally like there and they were like booing lasha yeah. and that's why the guy is so special because didn't affect him at didn't all affect. Yeah. he just walked in and fucking did his lift He's like, he's like, I know I'm going to beat your yeah. guy anyway, motherfucker. And there's even a video of, like, I, I'm a little bit more emotional. I'm lighting, like, Steffi. Yeah. So there is one of, like, I did 240, and I lift more than the other Iranian, mm -hmm. and they were booing, and 
man, like I, I couldn't hold myself and Airboy. I was doing to the crowd like, like, <laughs> and I'm like yeah. and then my coach said, man, stop, stop. I was like, no, I'm going to show them, you know, like, it's like, no, no, man, you got to yeah. focus on yours. Yeah. And then Lasha came right after and did his job like, like a, like a professional. Right. And I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I, I should have hold my, you know. <laughs> That's funny. That is so hilarious. you, uh, is your coach, you have a coach in Brazil? Uh, no, now the, the, there's a uh, the coach for the Brazilian team. Okay. He always goes as a head coach. Sure, to he organizes everything. Yeah. Yes, uh, but no, like I work full time with my brother. Uh, now I'm able to to build up my program. Okay, if I have any questions, any doubts, I ask people that that have like a higher knowledge of me. Olympic Steffi, hey, what do you think about that? Even you, like man, what do you think about? I was asking about the movement, about the sure. you know, and I, and I try to connect the dots. And build up like something good for me. You know? I think that's great. I don't think yeah. that's something that a lot of people can do, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. to write their own design, their own programming on such a high level. Yeah. Yeah. So but, the same but, approach but, you but, take. But, yeah. But you need somebody to 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 push you. Yes. Sure. Because then you don't want to just be selecting the stuff that you exactly. know. It's like, okay, I just exactly. want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and for Olympic lifting and also I think other sports, you got to be like, you, you got to put your, your, your feet in the ground and really see like, I'm, I'm good on that. And I'm really bad on this one. So what lifts I'm going to fucking improve or I'm going to use, I'm going to select that that's going to make me a better athlete. So you got to be really, really like honest to yourself, you know, mm -hmm. because otherwise I'll only do like things that I like, of mm -hmm. course, you know, so yeah. you gotta, you, usually you gotta pick the ones that you hate. Absolutely. That's, that's what you gotta do. You know, the movements that you hate. Uh, yeah, right now it's so, oh. everything in the front rack is really super painful like because of uh, stretch position because of my chest uh so front squats i'm gonna start doing a lot right now uh pause front squats mm -hmm. so you're gonna you're gonna see me suffering a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> i i so, loved uh, this quote that i can't remember who said it i think it was sebastian or a focus on your weakness but don't neglect your strengths of course Yeah, that really hit home for me because I think a lot of people, a lot of people talk about doing the things that you don't like and maybe f focusing a lot more on on what you're not good at during the off season. But at the approach approach some people take sometimes is that they overly focus on that yeah. and then they stop doing the things they're good at and then it kind of like totally flips the table. Yeah, I've been in that position where I tried training my conventional deadlift because it was weakest. Yeah, and neglected the sumo for several months. Yeah. and then when I went back to sumo, it sucked. No, that's that's why. Like well, always, when I do the the the, the mesocycle or the the micro, there is a period of time that you 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 must work in this period of time. This is specific, uh, certain point of your lift, and it cannot be so long. Otherwise, you're gonna lose the ones that you acquired before. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's gonna be like two three weeks, and then you move forward for the next one. So in two three weeks, I'm gonna try try to increase my strength. I'm gonna squat. I'm gonna do some pulls. I'm I'm not gonna do that for. A, such a long period otherwise i'm gonna lose my technique you know so it, it has to be like in a in a frame that you try to do whatever you have to be done and then move forward for the next next chapter that's mm -hmm. pretty much how i do it you know hold on let's take a quick break for caesar to change the camera battery all right and we're back okay what's next no there's actually a question i wanted to ask about How do you feel or how do you think that your Olympic weightlifting training um, transfers <laughs> transfers into your daily life? 
Uh, Maybe in business or just as a person. In what sense? Like his mental approach? Just like, I don't know, because I feel, for example, for myself, I kind of take the same approach to life as I do in training. I always I always think that having trained at a high level in, in lifting weights and in, in sports made me a more diligent person. It made me stick to things longer, even when things get hard, made me more resilient. It made me understand how to cope with failures. It made me understand how to cope with uh, being disliked or being or not being understood. Just on so many different levels, I feel like it's made me under- have a deeper understanding about life and what it means and what I'm capable of. It's funny because for me, it's, it's quite the opposite. I have complete disconnect between the two. And my approach to training and my view on training has nothing to do with my approach and view on life. Because I don't see myself as a as high level athlete or an a- athlete at all. For well, me, you never trained or competed at the high level. Never. So it's purely exactly. a hobby for me. You exactly. know what I mean. So I don't. It doesn't have transference for myself. But do you feel like things transfer over? Fuck. That's that's a great question. To be honest, that's a great question. Because I think you have two sides. Uh, the first one is like being a professional athlete. You can be a little bit spoiled because whenever you, you whenever you're gonna you're gonna c- compete, you have the the the, the Brazilian team, for example, or the U.S. team, they do everything for us, you know. For me, when I'm, whenever I'm going to travel, there is the ticket, there is the the food is already there, everything is already set up, you know. You just got to go and perform. You just got to go and do your best. Uh, but as far as the mentality, uh, honestly, I don't know. I'm not a very good business guy or business person. I'm just just an athlete right now. and uh, But that's something... But you are also at the same time because you even said how you're make you're taking the the steps and the approach to laying a foundation. Yeah, I'm starting for after. Yeah. You're not just you know strictly looking at the Olympics and the Olympic yeah. Games. You are thinking afterwards. You yeah, also I, I ha- agree you, you also haven't had the time to yeah. really focus on on a business or focus yeah. on on anything else outside of lifting because it's been your entire life. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure that well not sure but I think you'll you might have a similar experience to me where you start using some of the skills that you learned through being a high-level athlete yeah. into other aspects of your life, like building a business or building a family or yeah. or whatever that might be. Yeah, no. Because for, for me... Hey, let me ask you. A couple mm-hmm. years ago, three, four years ago, did you look at yourself as a businesswoman? No. That, no. No, that, right? that is... This is something super interesting. So I was talking to you briefly about this, how, you know, for the last seven months, I haven't been able to train uh, as hard as I want to because I've been dealing with some nagging injuries. And so, you know... Being an athlete is kind of, it's part of my identity. It's, and it's what I can relate the most to. Uh, and for those seven months, I kind of felt a little bit lost because I didn't feel like I was an athlete. I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't coming in here and, and feeling, feeling motivated to train or anything like that. And it wasn't until I went to a mastermind, to Mark Bell's mastermind. And I felt like I could really relate with being an entrepreneur a business person. I, I've never felt more identified in my life. And that was interesting because f- until now, if, if for this 27 years of my life, I've always felt like I'm an athlete and nothing else. And now I've been feeling like I could actually be something else related to business or an entrepreneur. I don't know how that relates to a question you were asking me, but it's a different, you didn't see yourself as that a couple of years back. Yeah, you didn't yeah, pursue yeah. that. And now exactly, you're going to pursue it, but very through but it, the door and you're successful with it. But if you, if, if you, if that, if you need to become someone else, you use those skills to, to 
make yourself that person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, all those uh, things yeah, are about organization and, and all the things that make you a good athlete, general, work ethic, yeah. determination, all those Consistency, things. Consistency, commitment, yeah. willpower. And yeah. I, yeah. What, what I can say about my experience, being with you guys only for a couple months, I've been learning a lot. A lot because you guys are so, so like professional and every single one, like every, every single one, that everything comes like naturally, you know, and things are like clicking naturally. I know there is a lot of fucking hard work underneath or behind it, but uh, I can see it like in a professional way how everything connects, you know, and, and definitely... Um, I don't have my personal experience because I travel and I and I and I teach what I love, so it's super easy to do the seminars. I know it's it's, it's good money, but I'm not like a business guy to like to speak, you know. Like and 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 I always like when I whenever I'm gonna talk to somebody, and if you're gonna give me some advice, you gotta be like better than me. You gotta be, you know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> because nowadays everybody's a coach. Everybody right. like you, because right. information is so available on the internet. I, I, I Google right now and I can I can tell you, oh, what is what it what it takes to be a really great business guy. But right. show me you see thousands of articles on it. Exactly. Of and show yeah. me who is the real deal. Like you guys are the real deal, you know, like fucking mm-hmm. so observing and fucking learning and and for me the most valuable things that you, that you guys have here like, we're getting to this perspective is the human being or everybody because you guys are fucking so loyal because it's almost like a shield you know you guys are so loyal to each other and so professional in a not in a really nice level and it's really fucking hard to have that it's yeah. something special it's something really special and really Great. fucking hard because i've had it with my brothers like two gyms in brazil and it's so fucking hard to find like good people Good people mm-hmm. that have the same fucking passion that they, they want to fight through it. And you guys have something special. That's for sure. That's for sure. Thank you. I think we do for sure. Yeah. Before we move on to the next topic, my last question. What if someone has an Olympic dream? What would you what would be the best advice for them as far as like how to pursue it? I would say Olympic weightlifting and, and I would say patience for sure. And because I knew when I started. That it would take me it would take twelve years, three Olympic cycles to build me as an athlete. So I knew that it would take twelve years of work. Did someone tell you that? Yes, yes. Was a, a coach? coach? Was a coach that said, "Listen, if you if you're gonna lift some heavy weights, it's gonna take three Olympic cycles." And usually, that's that's the 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 average for every lifter. So three Olympic cycles to build you build you as a lifter, and then usually you have twenty years of of. Uh, of work, of of mm-hmm. competing. Mm-hmm. So after the twenty years, you start going out, going down. That's the that's the life cycle for the athlete. Who who was uh, the most influential person in your life? I think my dad for sure. Your dad, my dad, my brothers. Really I think yeah, for sure, my family. I I think family it's is the foundation. You know, they're gonna be there for you for no matter what. You you can be you can fail, you can do whatever. And I was such like such like blast you to have that because there there are people that don't have this, you know. Mm-hmm. Your dad and, was an athlete himself. Yeah, my dad was himself, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. He was a power lifter. He yeah. was a power lifter. Yeah. He was like a top level, but he was like a South American he was like he weighed eighty five kilos, he benched hundred and ninety two kilos, he he squatted to sixty something, he had a good deadlift to eighty. Yeah. And was was more like a uh, hobby for him, but he had the mentality Absolutely. for that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he was a tough guy. That's that's a hundred percent. And now it's is is a different situation because back at the day, I I used to uh, 
before love, you got to respect somebody. So you should respect him because he should be the shit of us. <laughs> Always. Three, three brothers, man. <laughs> We're fucking three maniacs. And I'm... I always, I always learn with my brothers on their mistakes. So my dad was always super tough on us. Always super tough. You should be the shit out of us. And <laughs> that's, that's how we learn. You do something and there's the outcome. Of and fuck it, whenever you got beat up, I said, fuck, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we learn. What about, what about when you were super heavyweight and you were bigger than him? He didn't but, fucking beat the shit out of you anymore, huh? No, but, 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 but at this, this point... You already learned. Yeah, we learned yeah. and we become friends. We, the love. we yeah. become fr friends, you know? Yeah, that's We become great. friends. Pretty much. It's good. So it, fucking force was uh, respect first and then love will come right after who, that. Who is, who do you think is the U.S. weightlifter with the most potential currently? The, the most potential? Let's go male and female. Okay. Female easy. Catherine Ka I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This girl, she's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, freaking believable because she has she has so much more in her tank she's so young she's so 20, young bro. yeah the movement is beautiful yeah. uh she's so strong she, this girl is she's a star for sure yeah. she's a star and, and she's getting some really good recognition too she's going on all the like big yes like talk shows yes yes yeah well, whatever she's doing for the sport a is very good face a good yeah. face yeah. for the Definitely. sport yeah. yes she was in an NBA game and they, they showed her world champion. So that's, that. that's very, very nice. For the sport, it's amazing. Yeah. I hated one of the, the titles that they chose for one of her interviews was like, legally blind female becomes world champion. I'm like, why do you have to even put that there? Yeah, because Why legally blind and why female? Yeah, like, well, how about you just say trying to make even US more of a story or something. Yeah, but, it's like yeah. Just, yeah, but it was totally unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah because fucking the media, they always... Even in Brazil, we have such like stupid like, like the way that they they pro not they promote but they want to sell it. You know, they want to sell it in a way that it is not nice. It's yeah. not nice. You know. Hey, how about male? How male? It says internationally, I would say West Kid. He this kid is amazing. Like two hundred twenty-two kilograms, clean and jerk. This natch is not there yet, but he's definitely got the power to do more. Uh, you have some young. CJ is amazing. CJ, yeah, he's still developing. Yeah, he's still developing. Uh, Harrison? Harrison, yeah. Like he had a couple too. injuries. Uh, Did he? That, yeah. Uh, so now uh, he's coming back. That's you know what who I, I miss. You know how I miss seeing on the platform? Jared Fleming. This kid was very good. Yeah. Very good. He just so messaged then me he, the other he day. had a knee injury, and I guess his maybe was much worse than yours, yeah. or yeah. he just never really came back yeah. after that. Yeah. No, this kid was very, very good. Yeah. He broke the, the American record, well, 172 yeah, he, he kilos. Was, so yeah, yeah, he was the first one to snatch yeah. 170. Then that record yeah. kept getting broken back and yeah. forth for a little period there. No, this kid is yeah. very, very good. Very good. Yeah. First time he unofficially broke it was at a meet you guys both competed at. Oh, right? at uh, MIA Classic? I yeah, filmed MIA Classic. When he was wearing, was oh, so what did that epic. shirt say? Hey, American America's as fuck. fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw him the first time he snatched 170 in competition. We were all there. Yeah. 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 It was and, epic. and people people were giving him, he, give him shit for that. That he was racist. It was like, what the f oh Like, people God. like, people oh, just, he was, I, I met him. Like, I commented no, on the guy. He was super nice. Guy. Super nice. Super, super nice cool. Guy. And his dad also is a super cool dude. Yeah. Was super cool. Like, I, I, we had a couple international uh, meets that we, 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 we spoke. Super cool guy. Yeah. Super cool. I hope to see him on the platform sometime soon. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Again. All right. What do we got for uh, lifting gossip? Anything? I think, well, I feel like we did so much I gossip like, just yeah, now. Almost this whole podcast <laughs> right? was... We did a good yeah. amount of weightlifting podcasts. The only uh, 
powerlifting stuff since the last time we talked. I don't think it talked. I don't think that much has unfolded. What I actually saw right before we started this podcast, which was interesting, interesting, is uh, you know what? What are some big meets for 2020? Obviously, we have our hybrid showdown, which is the second annual hybrid showdown. Uh, the Kratos, which we're still kind of going back and forth on a date, and then another meet was announced. It's called just the showdown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys you guys have heard of that, right? It's in New York. It's a sleeved only meet. They're like starting announced prize money is like 50 grand Ooh. and uh yeah 50 grand prize money and they're only gonna have 20 male 20 female but i believe it, i believe that's the numbers it, what is that money all accounted for already or is it sort of like when no tribute meet was like so, we hope to raise this, this. there's no there is our it's already accounted for the title sponsor is like in at like 35k and it's wow. a food delivery company I don't remember their name. Wow. Just, uh, you know, and they're from New York, you know? Is this some, some mob shit right there? <laughs> 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 right? <laughs> I don't know. Did but, they send uh, out invitations already? So he, here's, actually, I do want to gossip and talk a little bit about that because, so the first thing that I saw earlier today, which made it fresh on my mind, is they were supposed to be USPA, supposed to be a sleeved only meet, right? Uh-huh. Uh, a guy who's And they said director. no invitations originally, right? Is huh? That- that? I'll, I'll talk about the invitations in a second, but the, the 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 thing that I saw is that they changed it from USPA to WRPF, mm-hmm. and they had already announced it as USPA, and they were going to you know stepping forward as USPA, mm-hmm. and it, it's just funny that it's like there's mm-hmm. all these politics and all these different federations. It's not like weightlifting that it's just IWF or right. USAW or your own country's thing. You know, there's different federations with different rules, and uh, you know there was the most recognized, most uh, respected uh, federation like USPA, and it's now starting to. Starting to lose a lot of their stuff, you know. Yeah, we, we had, I had not meets. a great experience with the with the state chair in Florida, and they didn't want me to run my own meets without being overseen, like I'm some little kid or something like that. And you know, we pursued different options, and now this option of WRPF seems to be, you know, taking over quite a bit. But to, so, how they were going to do invites is it was supposed to be based on ranking, right? They were going to send out invites to the top twenty male, top twenty females only in sleeves and you had to do that meet in 2019 mm-hmm. so if you did a competition in 2018 your last sleeve meet was in 2018 didn't matter it had to be done in 2019 if those they'll wait they'll send out those invites to those top 20 if only 10 of them accept then they'll send out 10 more invites to 20 through 30 right and they'll keep okay. going down the rankings like that right so they announced it as that and that's why like dare juan he did a sleeved meet because he wanted to qualify see how high he can rank in sleeves in the year 2019 i see so they just announced their first uh their first invites that they're going to send out and guess whose name was on there steffi's name was on there a bunch of people's names who uh, the best and the best were on there but mm-hmm. she hasn't done a sleeved meet in 2019 right oh, i see no your sleeve meet was so in maybe, 2018 maybe they it's, 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 maybe that it criteria like was too specific. Yeah. Maybe it was too specific, so or again, as usual, wanted. people will make announcements, say that they're going to hold something to a certain standard, and then bend the rules for people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it's in their interest to have really good lifters competing of course, there. Of course, but then if you're going to you know set some kind of standard like that, like mm. you got to stick to it if you're going to announce something like that. Where you know? I don't even see the announcements there, but who their 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 invites that they were doing. I think Sponsors? it might have been in a story post. It was, it was definitely in a story post because I remember someone sent remember, it to me. Yeah, I saw it also. Yeah. But yeah, it's, hey, WRPF is, now has oh, the showdown. It has... Uh, US Open still. US Open. Right. Um, boss of Bosses. Had. Had Boss of right. Bosses. 
What else? That's like well, that's like just, half the big meets for the year, right, right there. Though. And they're just they're spreading out more. I guess trying to get more state chairs and stuff like that. I think but like what, you know to fill you in. Like people are like they want powerlifting in the Olympics, you know. But it's something I I would like to hear your point of view. Like, do you think that that's something that's possible? And if not, why not? Uh, I'll tell you my thoughts. The, and the, there are thoughts. a couple simple rules that must be followed for you to become an Olympic sport. First, as you mentioned, one federation, one international federation exactly. is going to control everything. Okay, so it's going to be the same rules for everybody. And then secondly, it's the uh, number of countries that are affiliated. You, you, you have to have like, it's a, uh, I'm not really sure the number, but you have to have like a huge amount of number as Olympic lifting, as other sports, they have it, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's one of the reasons, I, uh, because it's so hard to take Olympic lifting out, out of the Olympics. It's because so many countries, so many countries, yeah, so many small islands, you know, like federations that are affiliated to international federations. Of course, right. so that's 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 the two criteria that are yeah. more important. And powerlifting, as you mentioned, too many federations, too many federations. There is, you know, the biggest one being the IPF, which is it's massive, and that's yeah. what most countries fall under. And it is drug tested, and it do, it is held to a high standard. And obviously, that would be the federation if it was to go in the Olympics. But it's like it, it's. There's, it's much more difficult to judge than weightlifting, you know, not to say that weightlifting is easy to judge, you yeah. know, but, you know, it's just, there's so much more little things that make me seem like if, if it was to be in the Olympics, like a squat would be like way too difficult to have in there. Maybe like push pull, like bench and deadlift only, maybe something that's easier, you know? Why do you think it's because of the depth calls? Depth there's calls, intricacies, yeah. nah, intricacies there's like that in weightlifting too, yeah. you know? The like elbows. The gray area with elbows touching the knees. The like, elbows and the snatch. Uh, Re-racking in the, the yeah. clean. Yeah. But those lockout. are things that are easier to see from a replay or easier to, you know, it, it's it's easier for the naked eye to see. Something like a yeah, squat but there's, depth but there's is things, much more nah, difficult. But, I mean, I, I don't think I that think eliminating this, the squat is the answer. There are other things that you can do in order to figure out, to make it more objective. Objective. Like, uh... What is the new rule that they did in Olympic weightlifting where they have, you can have a card where you can, yeah. what is that? You can, can you explain you that? You can object the lift. Object the so lift. So if, if I did a lift and they called bad lift, I can object right now. That's the new rule. You it's have a certain new. number of objections? Yeah, yeah, I think you have two. one or two. I'm not really sure. Okay. And then somebody from your team is going to go to the table, said, oh, we, want to, we want to see it. We want to, to fight the, the decision. Mm -hmm. And they'll watch a video replay? They'll watch a video. That's, that's great. And then the, wow. there is the five uh, jury. And uh -huh. if somebody's against, it has you, to be unanimous. Yeah. yeah, it has to be unanimous across five juries. Yes. Yeah, and you get two. So there's ways to make to make those decisions make more sense. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. That's so true. I don't know. And then you can you can even get into technology, having sensors. That's yeah. not even hard to do. Having a, you put a sensor on the top of the knee, put a sensor on the top of the hip. If the sensor goes goes white, it means that it passed the top of the knee. Like that's not even that hard to do. Yeah. So there's yeah. things. If if it got to the point where okay, you're you're getting to a point where we can put powerlifting in the Olympics, and this was one of the issues that that the technicalities that needs addressing, then there's things that we can definitely do. But yeah, I mean, I think what what's tough right now is that some of the like federations that were or had the majority of the control like USPA and USAPL because they have that much control they like they regulate the meet director so much and you get so little say I feel like into how you actually want to run your meet mm -hmm. so for somebody like us we know that we're going to hold judging to a high standard 
we know that we're going to throw a good meet and the federation doesn't matter that much to us. So that's like something that I think is really appealing about WRPF is you just get the freedom to do kind of whatever you want. But then the other side of that is that you'll have bad meat directors who will just throw meats with poor standards. Of course. So it's like, it's a weird balancing act that powerlifting is constantly going through. And it, but honestly, the same thing had happened with a, a local USAW meet, right? Like some Joe Schmo, it's very easy to throw meat and, he just puts his his kids in the judge's seat, you know, his twelve year old kids. Like, here, lift a flag, yes yeah, or no. Yeah. It wasn't till very recently that USAW made you take an online test exactly. to be uh, a, a exactly. certified judge. Yeah. But four or five years ago, when I was helping run Olympic weightlifting meets, I could have put Caesar. He's never even watched a snatch. I'm like, yo, look, make sure they don't go like this. All right, and white or red, that's, good to go. That's you know? crazy to me because yeah. even when I was a kid competing in Olympic weightlifting. They had to all be at least provincial level uh, registered judges. This was on yeah. any level. Yeah, maybe that was any, in Canada. Any, maybe you know, Canada. Yeah, Canada. Canada's a lot. No, I know the states is different because I came yeah. over here and they'd be like, "Oh, our judge had to go," and they just like pull someone out of the crowd. Literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you judge little local yeah, USAW sure. meets? Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. We got you got a Florida man for us. Florida man. We do this every podcast. We like you know Florida man stories. No. So like there was there was a thing a couple years back. If you search your birth your birth date and put Florida man, you'll just see a bunch of crazy stories of fucked up <laughs> hillbillies and I don't know what too, crazy <laughs> things. People in Florida are so crazy that literally it has happened on something crazy has happened due to a Florida man on every day of the year. Yeah. So we just look at a, a relevant story and discuss it. Okay. So here we go. We, we have pretty pretty crazy here in the house. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> so we got Florida man arrested. Florida man was arrested for a DUI in a motorized wheelchair. Oh, God. Look at you see his beard. Oh, my God. Dude, look at that nice. guy, dude. Not doing a very DUI good. in a motorized wheelchair? Yeah, how fast was he going, bro? Wait, don't. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? A real DUI. I feel like that. you can get a to DUI. Me, this, no, you can get a DUI me, riding a bicycle. Poor, poor Florida man. Yeah. This seems yeah, like an abuse of power. You can in the car. Yeah. Sitting <laughs> in the car. Yeah. If you're passed out in the car and you have the keys inside of the car. You I had a buddy who got a, DUI. DUI, who got a DUI in high school for that exact reason. He he was, you know, drinking. He had his car parked outside. Yeah. He went to his car to get something. Passed out? Not even. He was just looking around in his car. Got a DUI. Yeah. And, and pulls cop pulled up. up and gave him a DUI. Shit. Yeah. If, he, he, if he didn't have the key there, it's fine. So I was my friends, my American mm. friends said, man, I, I don't got wasted. But if you do... And if you're going to sleep in your car, just throw the keys away and try to find a lady. So they, so they, that seems like a fucked up night. So, so they, cannot, they, 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 they don't give you a DUI. Wow. So I just, I just Googled, can you get a DUI? And the first thing that popped up was, can you get a DUI on a horse? On a horse. The short answer is yes, it is possible to get a DUI while riding a horse. Wow, Whoa, dude! Anything considered a vehicle like that guess. seems like a fucking party to me, huh? I don't even drink, but that can seems you get like a, a DUI wild on time. rollerblades? Can you? Yes. Come on. You can even you can even get Yeah, you can but get arrested. But the whole word is DUI driving under the influence. Yeah. I'm driving rollerblades, bruh. I guess I'm going to sprint down the road and get a DUI cuz I'm <laughs> fucking too fast, bro. Yeah, you just you can't have wheels. <laughs> yeah, what about skateboarding? That's weird. This People operating wheelchairs typically are considered pedestrians. But you could have repercussions if you're driving maybe under if they're on. Maybe he was on the road. Maybe he was on the main road. He was, <laughs> damn, bro. Wow. 
Uh, and he was homeless? Or he just looked at <laughs> <looks. laughs> <He just looked. laughs> a fancy ass motorized wheelchair and he's homeless? How can he afford that thing? Right. No. Just one a hipster. Hour. Okay, one more, one more. <laughs> one more. One more. Florida man accused of attacking his attacking his girlfriend with a banana. <laughs> Not the one from Art Basil, I yeah, hope. This was definitely Art Basil inspired. This was <laughs> yeah, definitely after sure. the fact of Art Basil. For sure inspired by Art Basil. How do you attack without, someone without whoa, with a whoa. banana? How does that work? They, I thought they chose whether or not you get bail based on the severity of the crime. Dude, first of all, so this banana assault was so severe they didn't give him bail. This is a hilarious story because I literally the only time I've ever been arrested and gone to juvie. You know, I've been arrested twice, but the first time I ever got arrested <laughs> and went to juvie when I was thirteen years old is I got charged with assault. With for a banana. No, a moon, a moon pie. A oh, moon pie. Do you guys remember those? Yeah. No. They were like, you guys, I got them from school lunch. They're oh just like, God. they're chocolate. And then in the center, it's it's marshmallow. It's literally like a s'more, like a s'more pie. They're called moon pies, little Debbie moon pies. And I smashed it in a kid's face. <laughs> and his dad pressed charges. And wow. I was 13 years old. And they were like, arresting me. Like, what did I do? <laughs> like, remember that fucking moon pie, boy? And they're like, <laughs> So yeah, you can. You can. Come on. I was held overnight. They were shocked when That's they took me to the crazy. juvie detention area. They're like, oh, this kid fucking smashed the moon with assault. Sure. And I'm si- I'm in the detention area for like nine hours. My mom is waiting outside. Finally, they call me over and they're like, so the judge wants you held overnight. They're not going to see you till tomorrow. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? I'm 13. I'm pretty. I have like long hair and shit like that. And tight pants. And, tight pants. and my mom's like bawling her eyes. She's like, no, please. And he take my son home. They're like, the judge is going to see him till the morning. They take me in the back area and there's these fucking lunatics. These kids like oh in like, God. they were literally, in, they were walking around with their arms straight out, padded suits, like out to here and there. And I'm like, why are these kids like 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 that? It's like 10 p.m. They take me to the showers. I shower alone, like covered my butthole and stuff. Go to my cell. My cellmate was this kid who was in there for burning down his house. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. So oh this kid had set his whole house on fire, and I'm like, why are those kids out there in suits? He's like, oh, those are the crazy kids. They're the ones who try to kill themselves. So they put them in padded suits so they can't harm themselves. Yeah. Oh and I, my and god. Yeah, so that was uh. That was my Florida boy story. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Hope you guys dude. enjoyed that one. Huh? So yes, you can get assault with yeah. uh, a piece of food. We had very different upbringings. <laughs> very. <laughs> Look at me now, guys. Huh? I'm doing all right. <laughs> Come a long way, boy. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's the second round? That was the banana one. boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, we're done. <laughs> that was it. That was good. That was a good podcast. I enjoyed that. Thank you, Fernando. Well, thank, thank you, Fernando. For having me, it was yeah, a pleasure. Man. Pleasure, so much. Thank you guys for tuning in. Wait, this podcast, this isn't going to come out until I think after Christmas or New Year's. So I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Happy 2020, ha- babies. Happy 2020. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I feel like we're speaking from the future. I know. Well, Happy crazy. New Year. It's nice. They're probably nice like seeing this sick new hybrid apparel. They're like, where can I get that? <laughs> Too late. It's probably sold out. You missed out. <laughs> Too bad. <It's> Bye. <laughs> Catch you guys next time.